do you see that your values around hospitality are going to be challenged and there's going to be a greater need for automation? Absolutely. They already are being challenged. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward Friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode four of our five-part series where we are talking about the challenges of staffing in the coffee industry today. And Nick, we are going to be looking at the relationship between automation and human behavior, human behavior, not human behavior, human labor. So um, help me understand you as a successful owner of three or most four cafes and looking to grow that even further. How are you approaching this idea of implementing automation in a cafe where you really love your staff? They are being buried under the stress of not having enough human labor there. How are you thinking about implementing uh, automation and how are your staff thinking about that as well. So that question touches on multiple things. In one regard, it is an increased difficulty for me in our particular business, which was built a lot on hospitality and customer to employee interaction. I truly think that, and and I still think this, that one of the charms of cafes is that human element to it. And it's, it's interesting that in one one sense, if you go to like, say, a Chipotle and I don't know if people will know what that is in other parts of the world, like say some fast food restaurant and the server or the person making your food or taking your order is not relatively friendly and they just, mm. you know, are short with you, you're still going to go back there because it's food and you just want to eat. Like, I'm going to go back to Chipotle, even though like half of the people there are rude. I just, I need to get a burrito, you know, Yeah. <laughs> but when you go to a cafe, you know, in one, one sense, it's like, are you going to get a coffee or, or something? But in the other sense, if a barista was rude to you in that cafe, it sits different with you in your mind really and you does. may never return to that establishment. Yeah. So even I think culturally, we have this sense that cafes are meant to offer a degree of higher hospitality than like an average fast food place. And I really leaned into that is our business model where like we were very people focused first and sought to create a a very high degree of hospitality among our staff. That was our number one kind of core principle, even before like coffee. Um, So you can't replace, I don't think, you know, your Mm -hmm. staff with just robots, it would completely change the dynamic of what it is to be a cafe. So that's not the answer, at least that I envision for for my business or what I would think is going to be a successful trajectory in the industry, mm-hmm. maybe as like an automated booth at an airport or something where it's truly a commoditized purchase, like you just need the coffee. Mm-hmm. But I think the cafe experience is going to remain with a human element to it. I think that automation, though, is going to play a role in supporting the baristas, as you were kind of suggesting. And that's where I've been leaning into it most is as a support system for my staff in order to streamline our production processes and mitigating some of the workload that is, you know, is constantly Mm. inundated on us. Do you see that the, the best way I can ask this is to say, do you see a staff, if staffing continues to become a bigger problem? 
which is where I think we're headed. I think that we're headed for greater staffing issues. Do you see that your values around hospitality are going to be challenged and there's going to be a greater need for automation? Absolutely. They already are being challenged. Folks, our first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, is now available for you to learn at your own pace for just 50 euros, and it comes with a certificate upon completion. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for more details. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. As, mm-hmm. as I said in the previous episode, I was first resistant to the idea of an, a mobile yeah. ordering system, a, a mobile app. And now I, I fully love it because it cuts down the line. <laughs> so right. so to a degree, yes, it, it does really challenge you. And you do have to pivot because, you know, as they say, it's not the like necessarily the strongest to survive, but the most adaptable. Um, and I think you do need to be quick and nimble when you're in a in a situation of trying to run a business and navigate a shifting economy, a, you know, a declining country, as we were talking about with America. <laughs> it's It's very... It's it's tricky to to walk this line. Um, let me think. One one thing we did recently that I think is helpful and kind of falls into the line of automation is we recently changed our grinders to all grind by weight grinders so that okay. our staff will not have to weigh shots individually anymore. And so I do, I think that's a degree of automation. Mm-hmm. Our 100%. espresso machine is now gravimetric where it, it will dose out on a, onto a scale. So you have the same output on every group head. So now we have weight being automated, you know, and the output with the grinder or the, in, you know, the input into the portafilter and then on the output mm-hmm. on the espresso machine side, um, you know, the, there's the puck press, which um, unfortunately my baristas didn't like. I don't know why oh, wow. I, I'm a... I'm I'm a huge fan of it, but I had some yeah. pushback from some of my baristas. They felt like it wasn't like they wanted to tamp to feel more connected to the you know process of making the <laughs> coffee. As a ten-year barista, you know now in my thirties and my wrist yeah. aching, like I love the puck press. But that's another example of automation onto the bar that can assist yeah. you know, your baristas in increasing their workflow. And then from a training perspective, creating more uniform consistency from one barista to the next. If every time, you know, the grinder's dosing the exact amount of coffee, the puck press is perfectly tamping it and the machine is outputting the espresso at the exact ratio, you know, you've, you've streamlined to a degree that workflow. So that that's really where so far for me, I've leaned into that automation side of things. And the next logical things would be maybe like an automated steamer where yep. um you know you have an extra pitcher on the side with the uh, the steamer just steaming you a pitcher of cappuccino milk or something like that um you know th- these are kind of the areas where my my train of thought is to take automation t- in an, an assistive way to to our staff do you see a time down the road where you're looking at a machine that does all of that in an integrated way so that you can really peel down your staffing. Yeah, I'd have to think about it more. I know we've kind of talked about some of the super automated espresso machines kind yeah. of that Starbucks has. Mm-hmm. And like where the line would fall of too much automation to where specialty coffee may lose that appeal and may create a new market of say 
the established specialty shops move towards this heavy automation. And then you get a new crop of like newer shops that go back to doing it the all the manual way. And like mm. now that becomes the thing that people want and they'll pay a few dollars extra because it's like a, you know, handmade drink versus like an automated one. It's it's just interesting how these things will exist in the mind of the consumer. And I think ultimately it'll be the consumer that will drive where the market will go. So if there's going to be a market for handmade, you know, crafted beverages, it'll stay. If not, it'll disappear and we'll all move towards automation. And I think if you look at it as Starbucks having the lion's share of the market, and they're already so heavy into automation with all their equipment that it may be that the the lot of the consumers just don't care. So that's, I think that's to be seen. The way that I'm approaching it with a lot of my clients is if we use the example of people ordering off apps, that's the first signal that they're telling you that I'm really not that into necessarily caring about the hospitality as I used to. Yeah. I used to really enjoy coming, seeing everybody's face, and I was happy to wait in a queue in order to 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 have that experience. Now I kind of just want my fucking coffee. Yep. And I want to order off an app so that I can shortcut that because there are more pressing things. And waiting in a line post-COVID gives me anxiety. So I'm just going to get in and get out. And and what where I'm starting to think of it as somebody who advises businesses around the world is if you put a piece of technology and and it's basically giving your customers the opportunity to give you that signal, yay or nay, about whether they're going to lean into that piece of technology. That should inform the way that you make the decisions for the rest of their experience. It should also inform the way that you're looking at planning for technology over the next 10 years. And it should also inform the way that Well, that itself should inform the way that you look at the energy transition into your business over the next 10 years. There's a lot of shifting that needs to happen in our industry over the 10 years. And I feel like it starts with this gateway into automation and how we're going to use that. I mean, even at the the business development level, the amount that I use ChatGPT for now is outrageous. And these are... These are all tasks that I used to sit there and labor over. Like I might even go back to writing blogs now that ChatGPT4 and I have become best friends. Yeah, you can write the basic outline with ChatGPT and then go in and tweak it. Right. And so there are a lot of people who are resistant to technology and automation because they're like, it's going to change the landscape of the industry. And I have this feeling of like, what do you mean it's going to change the landscape of our industry? That ship has sailed. Yeah. There's no putting it back in the box at this point. Now we're at a point where the world is moving so quickly that our customers are saying to us, we want to come in and out. If we want to stay, we're either going to be on our laptops or we really don't want you to talk to us as much. And we're having those experiences at home. Uh, uh, the amount that people bought brewing equipment um, and the amount that we're seeing 
the direction of sales go into online subscription sales and yep. and beans in the store. Are you guys seeing that where you are? It's very sad, actually. I lost several really long-time regulars during COVID who switched to exclusively home brewing, whether yep. that was, you know, a higher end pour over kit and they actually, you know, cared about the specialty or they just got like a, a Nespresso machine and they, you know, Keurig. honestly, it makes, it makes fine coffee, whatever that is good enough for them. So it's sad that, yeah, I lost a few regulars that I really, you know, I, I saw daily and in, enjoyed interacting with, but that kind of way they they did their daily ritual shifted after COVID and they never have really come back fully to yeah. that daily cafe experience. So yeah, you're completely right that there's so much shifting in multiple places taking place and that's going to have to be navigated carefully as we, you know, tread into the next decade of the birth of AI, automation, yep. human labor shortages, and every other crisis seemingly thrust on us. Yeah. And I think that people are going to have to embrace the idea of predictive learning that's going to happen in coffee. So you're going to have people come out with these apps. And folks, just so that you know, I get insight into this stuff because every week somebody's coming at me and can we please come and talk about our app on your podcast? Can you please consult to us about this app, et cetera, et cetera. I get an insight into a lot that's about to happen into the industry because of the generosity of folks like you who watch this podcast and make this a platform that is really becoming something quite fantastic in the industry. Uh, so thank you for that. But I know that these things are coming. There is predictive learning apps that are going to be out there that are going to help customers learn drinks that they might like and try drinks that they might like. This, Their discovery is no longer going to be in the cafe. Their discovery is going to be on apps. If you don't adapt to this and if you're not um, kind of flexible around the way that this industry is going to evolve, you will get left behind. Maybe not in your tiny little country town yet, but perhaps uh, in other parts of the world you will. So... All right, we have one episode left to go. And in this episode, Nick is going to divulge all his secrets about best practices when it comes to hiring. And if there's anybody that I have known in the industry that is good at this, it is Nick Kasuf. So join us in the next episode, folks, and uh, we will reveal all the secrets. Peace, love, and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below. 